All right, well, thank you for those who were praying for us last week as we uh, went to Waco, Texas to uh, enjoy, participate, work for my daughter to be married. Um, as always, it's always a celebration when a wedding goes off with a hitch, um, and it did, and uh, it, was a, it was a good time. But like I said, it was a lot of work, and uh, they just got back last night from the Dominican Republic. They've been there since last Saturday, and uh, looking forward to uh, kind of getting settled in. Um, also, uh, last week, we, uh, Sarah and I, um, at Brittany's church in Waco, her pastor, uh, interviewed somebody, and uh, you know... I often say, you know, we often tell stories about it just so happens, and we know what that means, right? It doesn't just so happen. God, God works things out, and uh, God, God just, after, after Sarah and I, you know, heard that message, we were like, man, you know, I came to staff meeting Tuesday morning, and, and I'm like, you guys, we, this, this is a message that we need to hear. Um, it's, it's about a current event, the, the uh, awakening in Asbury, and it's been kind of spreading to some other colleges. I don't know if you've read anything about it or have an opinion about it, but um, Brittany's pastor, it just so happened that a professor who, um, well, you know what, I'm just going to let him tell the story. We've never done this before. I've, I've never come to church, going to show somebody else's church service. Um, we're going to watch the sermon in the interview this morning for church, and uh, my prayer is that that you your heart will be moved and changed as much as mine was um, I, I thought I was trying to figure out ways that I could, you know, take parts of the interview and I could intermix it with my own thoughts. And JP is such a, a great communicator and just does such a good job of presenting this. It, it, it just really resonated with my heart. And uh, so let's, uh, it's 39 minutes and uh, Roy tried it already. We know it's going to look good and it's going to sound good. So uh, here it is. Mingle and connect and, and whatnot. I, um, we're going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to bring out a friend here in a minute, and uh, we're going to talk about revival. And the reason we're talking about that is because there's something unique happening in our country right now. And if you are completely in the dark on that, that's okay. You're in the right place. That, that is why we're having this discussion this morning, uh, to, to bring you up to speed. Uh, and so I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my week, and so it's been a really full week, and this season has been full because I have a, a book that releases mid-March, and so I'm a, thank, thank you, I'm a pastor and an author, and, uh, and so that can bifurcate my life at times where, you know, when, when those things happen, I have to go out and meet with publishers and have conversations and do podcasts and, and, and speak at different places. And so I, this past week has been one of those weeks where Freddie and I, Freddie leads worship here, also you guys know him. And so he and I jump on a plane. We go to Atlanta. From Atlanta, we go to Athens, speak in Athens. From Athens, we go to Nashville, uh, have some meetings in Nashville, do a podcast which Freddie says, hey, uh, we should go to Asbury. And so Asbury University in um, Kentucky, just south of Lexington, there's, there's a revival happening. At least that's what it's called right now in the, in the news and on social media. There's a revival happening at that university. And, and, uh, and so he says, hey, we should, we should go. I looked it up. It's, it's only you know, three hours away. Now, let me, let me just push pause right there and back up. Uh, we have a young staff and so last week, you know, I, 
when I did Friday Q&A over a week ago, I got some questions on this. Hey, have you heard what's happening at Asbury University? Have you seen what's happening at Asbury University? And the answer to the question is no, I had not. And so I Googled and, and checked social media and I saw some of the crowds that were gathering in the chapel there and, and had heard uh, you know, murmurings of 24-hour of prayer and worship services and whatnot. And, and so then some of the young members of our staff said, hey, we would like to go. We'd love to go to Asbury. And I said, no, you know, that's, we, we don't need to do that. We should, we should bring, listen, we have complete and total access to the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that is doing work in Asbury is ready, willing, and able to do work here in Waco. We don't need to go there. Let, let's pray that that movement would come here and that we would see uh, much of what's happening at Asbury here in Waco. Okay, and so that's what I told them. I'm like, no, we don't need to go. Well, then I find myself in Nashville, Tennessee with Freddie. And Freddie's like, hey, I just looked it up. You know, did you know Asbury University is only three and a half hours, four hours away? Well, we should drive there. We could pull an all-nighter. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, Freddie, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and in fact, speaking of all-nighter, I'm really tired. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> and, uh, and so I did. I took a nap. I laid down for about 15 minutes, and I woke up. And I, I realized we did have Friday was open, and it was now Thursday afternoon, entire Friday's open. And I thought, man, we should go. Why, why when we were four hours away? And, and so uh, Freddie was sleeping. As soon as he woke up, I said, let's go. And he jumps out of bed, and he's like, all right. And he grabs his bag, and we're, we're on the road to Asbury University, uh, just there, there in, in Kentucky. And so we drive there, and we get there, and I'm, I'm apprehensive, you know? It's like, I don't know what to expect. And, and I want, listen, if God wants to do a work, I want it. I feel that. I'm like, Lord, whatever you want. But even as we pull onto the property, it's now, you know, it's, it's night, uh, probably about 9.30 p.m. or, or 9 p.m. And, and I make the mistake of checking social media. And there's this, you know, post about me that happens at times. And, and, uh, and there's, you know, somebody said terrible things about me. And, and it had, um, you know, like 800, 900 comments that were all awful and just people antagonistic toward Christianity and pastors and all the things. And, and, that, and, and I'd love to say, hey, that stuff doesn't bother me one bit. But it does because I'm human. And it just feeds all of those insecurities. And I think, oh, man, where is this going to go? And what's this going to do? And this is, this is me getting out of the car, walking to the Asbury Revival. And I'm just really defeated. And so we, we go in. There's a line. It's like two hours long just to get into the chapel. And this is at 9 p.m. And we we go inside, and, um, and I'm just like, Lord, what do you have? It's like, I want you to do a work. And in full transparency, like, it feels like the desire for him to do a work is a distraction from him actually doing the work. Because it's like, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be uh, just emotional. I don't want to be sensational, but I also don't want to be sensational. So, Lord, what is it that you want to do? What do you want to do? And uh, as they're singing and sharing stories and, and um, you know, college students, this is all student-led, the Lord just says, get in the Word. Get in the Word. And I have my, my Bible with me. And, and so I grab it and I just, I open it up and, and I'm, just, I'm just like, Lord, do I even, like, this is hard, you know? I, I hate... I'm afraid that what I do is going to negatively impact my family and my children and now these 
people are coming after me online and I'm, I'm here and I'm at this revival and I want to experience more of you, but I'm distracted by that and, I, and I'm, I'm flipping through the pages of, of the Bible and I'm just like, where do, you, where do you want me to go? And this is like how I'm having this conversation. Like, where do you want me to go, God? And he just says really clearly, I mean, just like Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And I'm like, Psalm 37, Psalm 37. What is Psalm what is Psalm 37? And I'm trying to, trying to think, and so I turn there. And I'm just like, man, these people, they're mean and they're evil. And Psalm 37, he says, Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I was just like, man, it was such a, an appropriate word for such a time. And, and if I look back on my life, like all of the God said moments, or many of them, I'll say not all of them, but many of them have been me reading his word and him just saying this, and this is my interpretation of what he says, has said at different times. He's just like, I got you. It's like, bro, I got you. Like, you, you're not smart enough, good enough, fast enough, strong enough, compelling enough, eloquent enough, educated enough. Like, you're not doing none of this is you. Like, I got you. I got you. And, and so I'm sitting there and it, it is again, I find myself in the space where God's just reminding me, hey, I got you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing a work. Be faithful. Stay humble. Let me do my thing. And so I stand up to worship and in worship, um, they're singing a song we know as Agnes Day. It's um, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. You are holy, holy worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. And they, they begin to sing that and they kind of sing it on, on loop. And I sense from the spirit that, that he says, hey, stay here till we're done singing this. That's, that's the thought that I have and that prompting. And, and so I'm singing it and, the, and someone comes in on the piano and they try to take us a different direction, but the, the crowd elevates their voice and they just stay there in that loop. And I'm thinking, oh no, like this might be five minutes or 10 minutes. Well, an hour and 15 minutes later of singing this, and just, you know, experiencing the goodness of God. I don't know how, how else to, to say that. Just, just enjoying the presence of God among his people. You know, I just, I, um, I just was thankful that he had created that pasture, you know, that Psalm 37 talked about, that, that space to find his goodness. And so we left Asbury. We, we stopped in... Um, Cleveland, Tennessee, at Lee University there, some of the same thing is happening, and it just seems that we are in the middle of something really unique in our country for such a time as this. Again, if you're in the dark on that, you, you won't be after this morning, and I'm sure you'll leave here, and you'll, you'll Google, and you'll catch up, and you'll see the work that God is doing, but we have a desperation 
that he would bring it here. And so as I get on the plane, I'm headed home. I'm, I'm going to go back into the Proverbs. I'm going to teach laziness and discipline out of the Proverbs. But I'm like, Lord, is, it, is there something you want me to do with that? And, I'm, and I say that. I'm like, hey, I ask some people, hey, pray with me. Is there something that God wants to do? And my friend Bill Starrett, who's a, a member here at Harris Creek, he just says, hey, my, my father-in-law um, is actually in Waco watching or, or with our kids. And, and um, you know, he was a professor at Asbury uh, Seminary. He was there in the, at the original revival in the 70s, and now he's been there again. Uh, he is an expert on Bonhoeffer. He is, uh, has taught a class on spiritual war- warfare. The other class he has taught is the, the basics of Christian doctrine, and then his area of expertise is, is prayer and healing. And he's there and, uh, and has a lot to say about revival, you know. And I just said, hey, do you think I could interview him? And, uh, and so he connected the dots and, and agreed to it. And, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you just before I bring him out, I'm just going to show you some of, uh, what is happening at Esbury. So as we, as we pulled up there, um, this is outside, um, this is the line that I was referring to of, of people just kind of waiting to get in. This is at 9 PM at night. And then here's what is the inside looks like. This is a picture that I took from the back of just the, the chapel. And then, and then here's the moment where we began singing. And so this is uh, this is kind of just so you get a flavor for what's happening in the in this uh, and then here is is this is last night and this has actually grown this morning I saw um, a picture this morning but here this was yesterday evening kind of what it's grown into uh, it spilled over on the lawn there people are coming from all over the country and then the same thing is happening at universities across America e- even this morning where they're just staying in these places of 24-hour prayer and, and there's some of you here that are like man is that emotionalism hey I'm skeptic I'm, I'm critical of that I don't know should we call it revival and and those questions are welcomed they're welcome just don't stay there you know like seek out the answers to them and and, and you know we can test all things and see what God is doing but in his kindness, I believe he orchestrated this morning for us to hear uh, from a new friend, Dr. Steve Siemens. Will you welcome him uh, out here? Thank you so much for being with us again. Hey, this is crazy, man. I I thought I was going to just be coming to this 11 o'clock worship service with my grandkids, you know, and uh, And here here I am, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he he was going to attend church, and I said, why don't you be a part of it? And so that's that's the risk sometimes when you visit Harris Creek, we'll give you a microphone. And uh, I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that you would be with us and just share some of your your journey. And I think there are a lot of questions around uh, what we're happening if we've been watching from afar. And and so um, would, would, what is revival? Like, how would you define that? Yeah, well, there's a lot of, uh, you know, that word uh, conjures up a lot of things for people, a lot of, you know, experiences. Sometimes people think of church revivals, you know, every year, which are really more like meetings or something. But 
Um, I've been helped really by uh, reading Jonathan Edwards, believe it or not, who wrote about the first great awakening that he was a part of back in the 1700s in uh, colonial New England. And uh, uh, he's, he wrote some of the most profound and helpful reflections on revival that are still out there. And, and Edwards says that, um, well, he puts it like this. He says that uh, God the Father uh, has, uh, has this desire to exalt and glorify his only begotten beloved Son. And there are certain times and occasions when he, he finds it necessary and desires to do that in an extraordinary, powerful kind of way. And the Spirit is poured out as, as, as God seeks to lift up Jesus and exalt his Son. And ultimately, revival is a, a fresh encounter with Jesus. People see Jesus for the, it's almost like they've known him all their life, but they haven't known him. And the veil is pulled back and they see him as never before. And Edward said this because he saw this happening in, in that little town that he was the pastor of. And a lot of the, you know, the young people in the town were, um, they were just, you know, growing up Christian, but, you know, not very excited about it. And he saw what happened when the revival came there and the awakening came there. And he used an, a, a, fra a phrase that I love. He said, those young people were captured by the divine excellency of Christ. They were, it, was, it was like they were apprehended and they caught a glimpse of Jesus. They fell in love with Jesus. And he said, when that happened, it, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter after that. You, you, you couldn't get them not to follow him wholeheartedly. Kind of like Paul after that Damascus Road experience, you know, um, you know, where he was apprehended by Christ in such a way that 30 years later, he's standing in front of King Agrippa and he says, King, I don't care what you do to me. I just can't be disobedient to that heavenly vision. And he said, and in revival, people are captured by Christ in such a way that they'll follow him. And as a result of that, uh, the church is transformed. The church falls in love with Jesus again. The church starts uh, allowing Jesus to lead the church, yeah. uh, which is a strange idea, don't you think, since he's the yeah, head of the yeah, church? Yeah, yeah, the whole Christ you know? thing. But anyway, so, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's, a, it's about exalting Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What, what has your experience with revival been, Dr. Simmons? Yeah, well, I was a senior uh, in 1970 at Asbury. It used to be Asbury College then when uh, in fe on February the 3rd, uh, the revival started and, and came. You know, we were attending chapel and a student gave a testimony. And as a result of that, you know, uh, basically others started uh, coming to the altar to pray and seek the Lord. And that went on for like a whole week. They let us out of classes. And I, I experienced what, what, what's, you know, it was kind of strange the other day when I was in the chapel at Asbury with my uh, grandson, who's a, a, a junior there now. Yeah. It, it, I, 
I, I said to him, you know, this just sort of feels like deja vu all over again. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it was amazing. And um, so I experienced that as a, as a senior in, in, in uh, college back then in 1970. And um, I shared an experience in the first service. Uh, two weeks after that started, I was in a local church in northern Ohio. Um, and they'd asked us to come and just share about what was going on. And I got up and began to share with the congregation. And about five minutes into my little uh, sharing, uh, a woman on the back row, uh, about 200 people in that church, she stands up and she's in tears. And she starts confessing to the pastor and apologizing to the pastor for the things she had said about him, the way she had criticized him. Would anyone like to come forward? <laughs> I see that hand. Is there yeah, another? Yeah, you know, and people, when she did that, nothing was said, but immediately, immediately about 30 people just stood up and literally ran to the front and kneeled at the altar there in that church. And I'm standing there thinking, hey, I didn't even get a chance to give the invitation, man. Yeah. And, and I, I thought, you know, I think I might have just been able to say Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. And it, something would have happened. It, something would have happened because, because that, that seems to be, you know, uh, Edwards used to say that uh, in revival, what we experience is an acceleration and an intensification of the Normal work yeah. of the Spirit. Yeah. That's what, you know, it was, it was incredible. And so that shaped my life, at, you know, uh, I'm, and that created in me a memory of what it's like when God comes yeah. in, in, and manifests himself and Christ is exalted like this. It's interesting because <clears throat> on, the, on the way to Asbury, we four hours in the car, and so I went on YouTube and I watched the sermon that, that led to this. And, uh, and, you know, as someone who takes, uh, thinks about communication a lot, and I don't at all mean for this to be a jab, but I just was like, really? Like, God, that's what you used? And, and, uh, and I know that sounds like a jab, but wait for it. Because then I walked in, and I immediately met him. And, and he said the same thing. And he was like, man, I'm, I'm as surprised as anyone that that's the message. He goes, I was so tired. I had just preached 18 times in two weeks. I didn't have anything. I walked up there. I read some scriptures. I said some things. And then we prayed. And he just called people to the love of God. It was, it was kind of like that, hey, I got you uh, a moment. And so, you know, what also relevant to us in, in 1940, uh, or in the 1940s, there was a similar movement on Baylor University's campus. I've seen that documentary. My point in telling you that is that we were first. But um, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And so, would you say that it's would you say that it's right uh, to call what's happening at Asbury a revival? Uh, again, when historians use the word revival. You can't, you can't evaluate or call something a revival based on days. You kind of need decades yeah. because you, you, you want to see the long-term effect this has on people's lives, uh, on the church, and ultimately, revival leads to a, a, a kind of a penetration phase where uh, people are evangelized and society, uh, social 
uh, evils are confronted. Social justice moves forward. Uh, you know, the Second Great Awakening uh, in the 1800s uh, produced the abolition movement, which uh, led to a civil war. But, uh, you, you know, uh, so, so social change. And so historians in looking at all this want to wait to kind of see. But what I'm seeing right now is the manifest presence of God there in a powerful way. And, and certainly... Uh, we seem to be on the, we're moving in that trajectory. Yeah. I think it's better to just call it an outpouring right now. That's, and that's what they are calling it, the Asbury outpouring. And let me just say one other thing. Uh, in 1970, that revival, along with the Jesus movement and a few other things that were going on, uh, uh, hit us. And if you know anything about the, the 60s and the early, and that, and that period, that was a period of social uh, dislocation and unrest in our country. But that was God's way, I think, to reaching out to my generation, the baby boomers. Yeah. But this, this is about Gen Z. Yeah. This, is, this is about millennials and Gen Z. They're the heart and soul of this, of what's going on. And I believe that Jesus is, is chasing after and giving himself to a generation that has been through perhaps more tough stuff than any other generation in American history. Yeah, for such a time as this. Yeah. I mean, you, we were, you were saying something just in a, in a generation that's more anxious, you know, it seems, yeah. Than, yeah. than any generation before them. God is, is providing this, this place of peace because it's not, <laughs> having been there, it's not the... The really loud, you know, what what some would call kind of spirit-led manifestation of the spirit. I mean, it really was just this this place of peaceful worship. Occasional, yeah. there was there was there was the occasional cheering. But yeah, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it it's it's really interesting. It's uh, the worship uh, the the worship teams. Uh, there's no there's there's no electric guitars there's no drums there's a piano and acoustic guitar and a, and and uh no powerpoints it's just and the teams are just college students and as college students have come in from other universities sometimes they'll bring a worship team but it's really laid back and low in, you know but it's those voices yeah. again and again and 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 it's and it is it's i would say it's a kind of a holy awe yeah that's there that people are being captured by and a, and a sense of deep peace. And it's interesting how in each generation when God comes, I think he, he sort of tailor makes the revival to the particular needs of that generation. And I see that happening right now with, uh, with Gen Z and this, genera- and this revival. It's interesting because as I was, you know, as, as Bill had shared with me about you, and I was, I was thinking like, okay, I'm trying to do my research quickly on a plane as I head back and thinking if we need to pivot this morning. And, and so I just Googled you as trying to check your credentials. We only let very educated people on this stage. And so, uh, and the first thing, the first thing that turned up, this is the first thing that showed up and I, I want to read it. It says, uh, Dr. Siemens pastored for 11 years while he earned a master of theology degree from Princeton and a doctor of philosophy degree from Drew University. Throughout his ministry, he sought to live his life according to, yeah, Psalm 37, verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you 
the desires of your heart. And so this is in the midst of me saying, okay, Lord, is this what you want to do? You know, and is this where we want to go? And I just thought that was his kindness to me. Yeah, it's, it's, isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah. praise, praise yeah. God. And so as we think about, I mean, I know that there's a lot of people here that have invested a lot of time and prayer and, and even their career, um, their education background at Baylor University. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of, of, of why our family is here is just thinking about the opportunity to invest in, in uh, missionaries and send them around the world in corporate America in classrooms and, and coffee shops and so forth, so on. And so what can we do as a church to help prepare the way for this kind of work? Well, let me just say, I really believe that uh, God wants to bring revival. This is supposed to happen at Baylor. And, uh, uh, but I would just simply go back to Second Chronicles seven fourteen, a familiar verse. If, if my people call on my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn and uh, and turn from their wicked ways. Well, there's four things there. Humble yourself. Uh, you know, uh, somebody said uh, the greatest blessing spiritually is the knowledge that we are destitute. Until we get there, our Lord is powerless. Just humble ourselves. Uh, pray. And I would encourage you uh, to pray for revival. Ask the Lord to send revival to your, to your own heart and soul, to your congregation, to Baylor, to Waco, to this area, and find some other like-minded people that you know. And, and huddle, huddle, do some huddling prayer for revival. And um, I mentioned in the first service, there's actually going to be a, a day of prayer for revival on Baylor campus at, in, in the Truett seminary building in the chapel that's there starting at 830 tomorrow. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe some of you Baylor students should, should slip by there for a little bit. Join with others in prayer. Uh, seek his face. Seek his face. And this is a, a, a season, I believe, where, you know, he wants to be found. He wants to be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I believe he's near. I believe he wants to give himself to us. And then turn from your wicked ways. Ask what, what, what wicked way is the Lord wanting to set you free from? And what area does he want to work on in your life? I would encourage you to, to invite the Holy Spirit to convict you about that and then to lead you into freedom. And that might set you on a several, two or three year journey. Yeah, yeah. there's two things I wanna highlight there. One is that willingness to be found. And I, yeah. God is always, I think God wants to be found by us more than we wanna find him. Yeah. And yet when I look at, at history of Christianity, there, there are, 400 years of silence. You know, there are these, these times where it may be more difficult to find him. And what I think is happening right now is, is maybe more than it has in any other time in your life, 
is is he's easier to find yeah. than potentially more than any other time since you were born into this place that there's God availing himself to the church for such a time as this. And then the second thing that I think is, is a pattern right near, now here is I, I pray often, Lord, mercifully expose our sin. Yeah. Like search us, is there anything that we're hiding? And, and these movements are always marked by confession mm-hmm. and repentance. And that's, if you look backwards, you look at last week's message, you look at recent mm-hmm. messages we've done here. And so I just, as a word for the church, like, hey, if there's anything that we would conceal, uh, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But revival here may begin with us bringing those things yeah. to the light. One of the things I've learned in healing ministry over the years, emotional, spiritual healing, especially, is that, you know, Jesus won't heal things in us that we insist on hiding from him. That's the word. Yeah. I I mean, yes. And the devil's triumphed by the word of our testimony. Um, Triumphed over by the word of our testimony. What about at an individual level? uh, how, How can we pursue God in a greater way, not necessarily surrounded by everyone, uh, but in, in solitude, what does it look like for us to grow a healthy relationship with the Father? Yeah, uh, well, to me, there's just no substitute for spending time with, uh, with, with the Lord, spending time in His presence. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, hey, you just, just show up. Just show up. Because sometimes it's not exciting, but to be in His presence, to wait on Him, to hear, to seek to hear him, and 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 we hear him through his word uh, so much. So the scripture reading is so important, an integral part of of being in his presence, uh, and uh, and and you need to figure out how that works for you. Some of you might do your best praying while you're walking your dog outside, or someone else might be. Uh, you know, alone somewhere, whatever, you know, you, you, you need to figure that out. But I would also say be in community. And uh, it's important to find, I think, several other, three or four other uh, folks that you can meet with regularly uh, who can kind of hold you accountable, who can speak, who the Lord can use to speak through you, be in community. And uh, I just, I guess the last thing I would just say is be obedient you know, uh, he gives the Holy Spirit, uh, says the scripture, to those who obey him. So uh, stay in obedience to him day in, day out. Yeah, I know we were talking about, you, you were saying, hey, hear from the Lord. Like, do the things that he asked for you. And I was, I was saying, well, how do we hear from the Lord? And you, you kind of started that list. You said, um, and to add to it, you, you said, hey, there's those promptings. Like, sometimes the Lord says Psalm 37. Sometimes it yeah. just kind of pushes everything out of your mind and says, hey, here it is. Uh, and, and then he says, hey, we have his word. We have 66 books, uh, a collection of the, the word of God that, that sometimes... It is, as, as the prompting says, Psalm 37, then you read Psalm 37, and it's the word of God f- for, for such a time as that. Sometimes it's community, like we said last week, that, yeah. that uh, several people in our lives, consistent voices, yielded to the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And sometimes it's circumstantial. Yes. That you know, maybe it's open door, closed door, or, mm-hmm. or these things start to align, mm-hmm. even, even you being in Waco right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kinds of things where God says, hey, I'm creating a way, I'm, 
I'm paving a, a path for you. Any final word for the, the, the body of Harris Creek, just as you come and, and visit here and kind of have fresh eyes? I mean, anything for us? Well, I'm a, I'm a big Narnia fan. And, uh, uh, you know, before the, 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 the children, Lucy and uh, Peter and Susan, meet Aslan for the first time, the children are, the animals are telling them about Aslan. And, you know, it's always winter and never springtime in Narnia. So they're waiting for Aslan to come. And they, and they give the, to the children an ancient promise. And I actually think this promise sort of summarizes, uh, in a way, what revival is. Um, wrong shall be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, winter shall be no, or, or sorrow shall be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. And I believe he is roaring right now. And he's bearing his teeth. And he's shaking his mane. Hallelujah. Aslan. Come in sight. We want you to come in sight. Praise God. Praise God. What do you think? Um, just like with kind of churchianity, um, consumeristic Christianity, um, like a lukewarm spirituality, what are we doing? You know, that's preventing that. That's, that's preventing... Um, us from experiencing more of God, more of Jesus? Well, you know, I think the last two or three years, Jesus, you know, that, luke, that lukewarm church, that you know, the Laodicean church in the third chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, you say you're rich, yeah. but I say you're, you're naked, poor, pitiable, and blind. And I believe that... Uh, uh, We've, we've been too captured by the, the gods of our culture. That's right. Celebrity, consumerism, you know. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think Jesus is wanting to, us to simplify things in a profound way. Yeah. And when I get with my brothers and sisters from the majority world, yeah. Asia, Latin America, and Africa, uh, they don't have one iota of the resources we've got. Right. And yet they're seeing God move in profound ways. And I, I think something we've got to learn from them. And um, I believe part of this revival that, is, that we're in the midst of and that is going to continue to spread is that we've got to, uh, we've got to unlearn a lot of things yeah. about being church. And we need to let Jesus, the head of the church, maybe teach us how to be his people once again. Yeah. Can you guys thank Dr. Siemens with me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for us. But Father, I pray that there would be nothing in our lives that are preventing us from having more of you. Um, as there are, as they exist. I ask you humbly to mercifully 
expose them. Um, Lord, if there is an outpouring of your spirit on our land, uh, I pray that you would not withhold yourself from us, that we would experience uh, the fullness of your spirit, uh, that we would experience the fullness of the gospel and that the forgiveness there would overwhelm any shame that we have, any reluctance to expose uh, hidden sins that we have. Um, I believe you have this church here that you've assembled your people here for a purpose. And we just pray that we would know what it is, that we would be obedient to it that the right resources and people and gifts and talents would, would connect to build what you desire and that it wouldn't be us. It wouldn't be um, man's best wisdom, which is less than the foolishness of our God. But it would be your wisdom that you would go before us, that you would pave a way. I don't know what you want to do at Baylor University, even tonight. But I pray that you would show us and I pray that we would be obedient to whatever it is. And then, Lord, in our own individual hearts, whatever we have, it's just the you know, life is crazy and chaotic and fast paced and there's lots going on. And would you just create that pasture for us right now that we wouldn't be concerned about those who desire to do evil to us at an individual level? but that you would meet us here in this space and move our hearts deeper into relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for Dr. Siemens and just the, the journey that you've had him on, uh, the mind that you've entrusted to him and his generosity of the time that you've given us this morning. It's in Jesus' name, amen. You know, a few thoughts that have come to my mind as I process that over, and that's like the fourth time <laughs> that I've watched that. And uh, the biggest thing for me is when I come to church on a Sunday morning, do I expect this to be the pasture where the Spirit's going to meet me? Do I expect to see God? Do I expect to experience and hear a word from Him? Or do I just come because I always have, and it's something that I do, and I've become comfortable and used to that. And, and what this has really challenged me with, and, and, and I, I would like to say that I always expect God to work on a Sunday morning through me, to you, through his word, um, but, but I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I wonder if I, I really believe that, if I really live that way. And, and so what this has really done to me is, is just how God works things. You know, I don't know what you think about watching somebody else's sermon on a Sunday morning and it not being me, but, but, but it affected me this morning just as much as it did the other, the other day. God does speak to us. I think the biggest question for us is, are we listening? We come to the pasture. Are we really listening? And I pray that we are. And, and I pray that, that this is, in fact, uh, uh, an intentional, overwhelming, extra movement of the Holy Spirit in our nation because he knows we need it.
So the question for us this morning is, what about here? What about our college? What about EWC? What about our high schools and our middle schools and our elementary schools? What about our churches? Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's expect the Spirit to show up and and let's just be encouraged when he does. Um, As I was processing, again, whether to show this this morning, I was talking with a couple people last week, and uh, I mentioned this Asbury thing, and we were talking about it, and they don't, you know, one of the people goes to church, the other one I don't think, and and, and she was like, I, I mentioned, I, I really think it's a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And she goes, what does that mean? So for, the, for like the next 45 miles going down the road, she heard what that means. Um, I was able to explain. Um, she had an idea of what the Trinity was, so that helped a little bit. But I, what an opportunity to have a conversation with neighbors who are seeing this in social media and on the news. And, 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 and like you said, maybe this is the first time you've heard of it, and you're like, what is going on? Um, it's great that you were here, because I think you have a better idea now. Um, let's close with this final song, um, and, and let's begin to process what, what does this look like for us here in Goshen County um, to, to pray for revival, to pray for an awakening, and and I fully believe that begins with each of us individually at first, and then as we gravitate to others, um, like he said, little huddles of people praying, um, talking about what's going on. Um, I, I got a I got a testimony in in my email this week of somebody who promised one, and uh, you know God is God's working. Are we listening? Let's sing.